Welcome to the 165th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on February 16th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this show. With me is co-host of the man who pours concrete like a pro, Carlos Rodella. How you doing? I have just got done with a job, and man, my hands are dirty. Well, you better wash them off, because we got to talk about some games here, buddy. You don't want to get that wet concrete on your controllers. Actually, now that I come to think about it, I might have concrete on my hands, and they might turn into stone during this podcast. If I hear some really heavy keyboard taps, I will know what happened. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Well, welcome back, folks. Uh, before we kick things off this week, just a quick reminder, as always, if you have thoughts, comments, feedback, requests, whatever, you can contact us. It's sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. And I don't have any housekeeping this week. Carlos, you got anything to bring up before we dive into it? Zero housekeeping from me. All right. It's a clean house this week. I say let's just get into it. Carlos, as usual, you will kick us off with random cheap and or free indie game, probably on PC. Let us have it, sir. This one's great. I'm so excited about this game. Uh, it is a demo on the PC. I got it on Steam. So pretty easy to do. Go to Steam. Type in the name of this game I'm about to tell you. And you get a free game uh, for a little while. It's a while. good deal. It's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, and that you basically they get you up to the point where you realize you really want to play this game. And then they're like, okay, buy the game. Which... The game is only 12 bucks, I think, 12 or 13 bucks. Okay. Totally worth the price of admission, and I'll explain why. The game is called Little Misfortune. Is and that Little Miss as in like M-I-S-S? Yes. Uh, well, it's, I, think, I think it's just, man, if we did homework for this show, it'd be a whole different show. It's all one word, though, <laughs> Misfortune. So it's like a okay, play okay, on words, gotcha. you know? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I think it's just M-I-S, Fortune. Um, so it's from, from Kill Monday Games, which I love that developer name. Because Mondays are terrible. Can relate. Can relate. I think we all can. And this is a side-scrolling adventure game, point-and-click type adventure game. It does use controller support, so that's really awesome. Good. That is a plus. That's a yes. plus. For me, it's a must, but yeah. Oh, it feels so good. Um, I actually started the demo on a mouse and keyboard and then realized when I had bought the game, I could go to GamePad. Highly recommend that if you have a GamePad. Um, it's a little girl who is adorable she has kind of a thick accent, kind of like a Slavic Russian accent, Polish, and it's very thick. And she's also like, what, uh, let's say eight or nine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say and she's also very thick. <laughs> no. Well, your mind went somewhere else. I mean, you kind of set it up. OK, that's fine. We'll she's like, on. I mean, she's, you know, a cute little she might be a little, you know. Like a child, are we talking She's about? a child. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's a kid. All right, she's a kid. All right. All right. All right. So I'm not, I'm not judging what she is, but all I know is that she's got a funny accent that is adorable. And I don't mean the accent itself is funny. It's how she delivers it. Because basically, the story is there's a narrator, and he has, you don't know what his motives are, but he's talking to you originally to kind of present the story of this little girl, okay. little misfortune, who has all these things around her terrible. Like her, she actually comes from an abusive household, which is pretty real shit. Wait, is this is this like an emo indie sort of a thing? No, nope, because I nope. thought you were describing a platformer. I know it's not platformer; it's just point and click, left to right, right? So oh, okay, so like an adventure game. Yeah, sort of adventure thing? game. You're only going left to right. Point and click. Okay, is this, is this pixel based? Nope, nope. It's just this beautiful like cartoon, like art style. Um, okay. And then there's actually animation, like cartoons, as cutscenes every once in a while. Okay. So, so what I mean by 
it being weird, it, she's got all these bad things that happen to her, but also her outlook is amazing because it's like, she's like, oh, that's pretty bad, but you know what? Okay, it's fine. And by the way, I'm doing a terrible job <laughs> in the accent. <laughs> and I actually was practicing it earlier, and I'm like, failed. "Were you really? I want to hear the outtakes." It's because I have these headphones on. People don't know, but and when you have a headphones, they can't hear yourself. Anyways, it's weird. It's she weird. she is a she's bestowed a lot of misfortune, and the narrator is talking to you originally and saying like, "Look at this girl's life," and she doesn't know she's gonna die, and then all of a sudden she hears the narrator, and she's like, "What is this about me dying?" And so <laughs> oh, then no, the no. the whole adventure is you. <laughs> The narrator actually talks to her mo- mostly. Okay. And he's trying to bring her to somewhere, and you don't know why. You have no idea why. But along the way, there's all this really real, terrible stuff that is, you know, messed up stuff, right? Um, from her from her br- upbringing to the things she sees and dead crows and all this weird stuff. But then there's like really dark, sinister other stuff that flashes in and out, like other world, potentially monsters. Like something else is at play, and so it is such a macabre, but also very funny. Uh, and I've never played a game like it. They made one game before this, and I forgot the name of it because I don't do any homework. I can't recommend this enough. It's I, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to finish it because I think it's a few hour experience, and it is very good. Is it? Uh, I mean, so I kind of like. A couple questions. I kind of like point and clicks when they are not too crazy with the puzzles. So first question, like, I know you only played the demo, um, but like, based no, 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 on no. I bought saw, the game. I bought the game after that. Oh, but I thought you had only played yet. Yeah, you haven't played the full version yet. Or you just I'm played playing a- the full version now. Yeah. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, yeah. So in that case, in that case, that answers my second question was I was going to say, is this early access or is it finished? But you just answered that. So it's finished. Correct. Mm hmm. Um, so as far as the puzzle goes, that's really what is the make or break point for me because I love point and clicks. I mean, they have to have humor. They have to be either really humorous or they have to have a great story. And since it's really hard to write a great story, I usually lean towards humor. But where they fall down for me is when they do those crazy puzzles. I feel like we've mentioned this before. I, I mean, I know that I'm kind of known for this and in certain circles. But when you have a point and click puzzle that is like super obtuse, if your brain is not on the same wavelength as the developer's, Sometimes those can get really frustrating and I don't like I don't like having to have an FAQ open when I'm playing a game because I just constantly get stuck. So oh, yeah. based on what you've seen so far, like how describe a little bit of the puzzles. Are they crazy? Are they obtuse? Do they make sense? Like what what are you in for puzzle wise? Well, you'll like it a lot. There's zero puzzles, zero puzzles. Then what do you do? Yeah. So essentially, this is actually riding this kind of new wave that um, it, it took off a little while ago. It's kind of coming back again, which is interactive fiction, right? Like okay. this is actually very up. um the alley of what the game that I'm making, right? So text adventures uh, are without the graphics, but this is essentially a lot of the same thing. You are following this girl around. You are making choices. Now, that's the big kind of gameplay mechanic is every once in a while, you'll come across something and you will have to make a decision. Like, so some guy dropped his wallet. Do you want to return it to him or do you want to just take it? Like those kind of things start popping up. Okay. And I feel like the voice wants you to do the bad things. That's just what I'm getting for feeling of, you know? Okay. But um, so those decisions supposedly at the end are going to make a difference, which, you know, I love that kind of thing. Um, so there's no real puzzles besides like every once in a while, like I broke a vase in the beginning and you had to like put it back together. So it was like literally like putting a piece of the puzzle like back together, make the vase back together. But that wasn't a puzzle. It was just like doing something. So here and there, there's things like that. You have your little hand and you kind of like move things around but other than that it's straight like 
making decisions and laughing at the really funny stuff and cringing at the really dark stuff. Okay, okay. So that makes sense. I mean, if it's more of a narrative presented in the style of a point-and-click adventure, I can kind of get what you're saying. There. Yeah, you're not of... combining items. You know, the thing, okay. I, I don't like that shit. It's none of that. Yeah, it's... yeah. I can't stand when it's like you've got 19 things in your inventory. None of it makes sense. And so you're like, combine item one with item two. Didn't work. Item one with item three. That didn't work. You know, like, I hate I hate that shit. So. Yeah, you're like okay. hamster with balloon? Yeah, no, nothing. No, yeah, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. by the way, I will tell you one decision, though. I'll, I'll, I'll share one decision I made. It's a mini spoiler, but there's so many decisions in the game. There was just a little puppy, and he was a cute little puppy. <laughs> and he was playing by a tree, and it was like, do you want to play with a puppy or let it go? And I thought, this is a pretty macabre game. Like, if I let it go, it's going to go get run over by a car or something, you know? So I said, oh, I'll just play with it. And so the, the voice gives you objects sometimes, and so it just gave you a little ball. And he's like, play with this, you know? So I played with the ball. I threw it at the dog. It hit a branch, and the branch fell over and killed the dog. Oh, ooh, and that, And then he was like, you better go tell the owner that you killed his dog. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Or you can just fucking run away. <laughs> you don't got to tell anybody. Random dog death. Who cares? Leave. It gets dark, and then she is just the best. The best writing her, because she literally goes through life, and all this bad stuff's happening to her. And she's like... Yeah, it's okay. And, and her my favorite saying is she says, yikes forever. And it's my new favorite saying. Yikes forever. Yikes forever. And I'm like, oh, you're adorable. Little <laughs> little misfortune. I can't recommend it enough. Obviously, the demo is free, so go play it. And then you'll know right after that if you want to have it. And it's like 12, 13 bucks. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All there right. It is. Thank you very much. All right. Excellent. Any more random cheap and free games? Or is that it for this? That week? was it. One done. And I think you all should check it out. Excellent. That does sound like an interesting one. I do like the narrative adventures, and especially I do like a little bit of creepy and funny mixed together. So that sounds pretty good. Um, all right. Over to me. I have a couple of betas I want to talk about. Um, people on Twitter were telling me there were a couple things I should check out on the Xbox One. I have an Xbox One. I don't get onto it very often for a variety of reasons. It is not my preferred console. Uh, I'm not going to get into it now, but long story short, I just don't jump on the Xbox very often. But people are like, yeah, yeah, this is the weekend. You should check it out. And I'm like, fine. So they were correct. There were two betas, one better than the other one uh, to check out. And these were, I believe, only available if you had Xbox Game Pass. Mm. So I, I forget. You don't have an Xbox, do you, Carlos? Or no, you? I used to. And I'm get, I'm waiting for the Series X now because it's just too close. So Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Gotcha. So uh, I, I, I have Game Pass because, I mean, as... I have problems with Microsoft, but they've been trying to clean up their act lately. I do want to respect that they've been trying to turn things around. They're making great strides in accessibility, so they're not as bad as they used to be. Uh, but I still got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder against those guys. Anyway, uh, that aside, Game Pass is, regardless of my feelings, a great deal. Uh, probably the best deal out there if you want a game subscription service. And I believe both of these that I'm about to talk about were only available if you had Game Pass. So the first one was called West of Dead. It is a top-down shooter slash run-based slash roguelike game. Uh, the graphics are very, uh, I guess, cell shaded. You know, you know, everybody remembers cell shaded, where everything kind of came out looking like cartoons mm -hmm. uh, a while ago, and everything had like a thick black outline on it. Um, it's very dark, uh, almost reminiscent of, I don't know if anybody reads comics who listens to this podcast, or maybe you do, Carlos, but Mike Mignola, who was the creator of Hellboy, is very famous for a very black-heavy style 
where he's got really thick lines and like most of his pages are just like black. It's a very distinct look. And I feel like the people who made this game are probably fans of his. Do you know that style I'm talking about? I do. I'm looking at the pictures right now and it looks just like Hellboy actually. Some of that kind of really, really dark shadows and like blocky almost. Yeah, kind of blocky, kind of rough. I love that style Um, and I love Mignola's style. I mean, it's been copied endlessly by a number of people who are also fans. Um, but I, I love his stuff. And so that was one of the things that caught my attention about this. But I also like roguelikes. I like run-based games, etc., etc. So this seemed like it was in the pocket for me. Um, I don't know much about it because the beta doesn't really give you much to work with. You start off as a cowboy who is apparently dead because your head is a skull and it's on fire. You look a lot like a Western version of Ghost Rider, the Marvel comic uh, character. Uh, and you walk through a saloon. The saloon uh, bartender just says blah, 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 whatever. And then you enter like a dungeon. It looks like an underground, like a mine shaft or something. And as soon as you get inside, there are these zombies. Some zombies have guns. Some don't. Some are just like, uh, some have bombs, like sticks of dynamite because it's like a Western theme, you know. And you just start shooting them. And that's basically all it is. You go from room to room shooting zombies and trying not to get shot. You can dodge. You can take cover behind, like, coffins. There's, like, coffins everywhere in this game. And uh, that's basically about it. It seems like it's real early. seems like it's real rough. The movement didn't feel great. The aiming really didn't feel great. I felt like it was very hard to line up targets, whereas the enemies never missed, which is really irritating. Uh, because if you were not in cover when an enemy takes a shot, you're going to get shot, like, Mm. It's either that or you have to dodge at like exactly the right time, which I found to be kind of difficult. I like the visual style, although it was really fucking dark. I think they kind of went overboard on the darkness uh, to the point where sometimes the rooms are pitch black and you can kind of see where there's a lantern. So you got to like hustle over to the lantern real quick. But while you're doing that, like there's also enemies in the room. So I feel like they're kind of getting carried away with the darkness and the blackness. Like I, it's a video game. The video is very crucial because it's right there in the name, video game. Video is like half the name. <laughs> it's the so, visual, the video visual. Visual, visual is a very important part of video game. So I feel like there's too much black. It was hard to read the screens, just kind of hard to tell what was going on. Just very, very dark. But I like the concept. Um, I would, you know, it, and it's early. Like it's early. I don't want to, you know, drop the hammer on it or anything. It's clearly a beta. They say it's a beta, which is fine, but. Um, are you definitely. are you playing with other people or is it just solo? no 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 it's just you solo you okay. going into a dungeon um on my best run and i didn't have very many good runs uh on my best run i picked up some random guns in the dungeon so i'm guessing that you, you know like most roguelikes you're probably going to pick up a weapon as you go through different varieties of weapons it seemed like there were some stat upgrades that you could pick up but after i died i got sent back to the beginning and i lost all the stuff so it seems Ugh. yeah it seems pretty traditional in terms of that i don't know if they're going to keep that for the final but I, it's really hard, and also on top of being hard, it just feels really rough, and the visuals weren't helping either. So I like, I like what they're going for. Like I like undead cowboys with flaming heads, and I like Mike Mignola's visual style. I like roguelikes and run-based games, but I feel like they do not have this one dialed in quite yet. But um, beta early, it's beta. not done. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on it. I'm gonna see how they progress. I wouldn't be surprised if this game is amazing in six months. So that wouldn't surprise me. I think that that's, uh, you know, a lot of these are going to be in that same camp where uh, lots of times they just want to get people trying it out and seeing the world they built. Uh, and also this has Ron Perlman in it, by the way. It says, it yeah, has, he is the voice of your character, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, which again, Hellboy, right? So that's like a super Hellboy connection. Oh God, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it, but yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, okay. So they got a lot of things going for it in the style and stuff like that. Maybe they just got to work some um, kinks out and figure it out. So... Oh, we'll keep an eye on it. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Seems like there's potential there. Um, the other beta uh, that was up this weekend is one that I'm actually extremely surprised by. I've been tweeting about it all weekend. You probably know what I'm going to talk about. I do. It's the new one from Ninja Theory, the creators of... Uh, of course, I can't name any of their games. What... What's the, Senua's Sacrifice? That's what I'm thinking. Senua. Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, so good, yeah. And they had uh, Enslaved, which I thought was really great. They also had Heavenly Sword, which I wasn't really a big fan of, but I did like the visuals of that game. I didn't like playing it, but I like looking at it. Hold on, um, hold on. Enslaved. People picked that game up. That game was great. Enslaved was great. I yeah. love that game. Also, the best fucking Devil May Cry ever made was theirs. It was not Capcom's. It was DMC by Ninja Theory. That game was mm. fucking rad as hell. I love mm. that one. No, not a fan. No, I like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Just kind of that, that like down that down note to your voice. No, I was like, mm. Mm. oh yeah, that. So Ninja Theory, they they make some pretty good games. I wasn't a fan of their first one, but everyone since then has been pretty tight. So when they announced that their next game, instead of being a traditional single player adventure like they've been doing, was gonna be an online multiplayer sort of thing, everybody in the world went what? And we all had this big question mark appear over our heads. Um, it's called Bleeding Edge. It is now in closed beta, although I don't really think it's very closed because if you have Game Pass, then it is open for you. And I think a lot of people have Game Pass. So it's not really super closed in terms of beta. Yeah, but, by the way, that terminology keeps changing because, you know, also, yeah. uh, full disclosure, we're working on a game that will have something similar, you know, closed beta, open beta, early access, etc. And it's just like, what is the, how can you play it? And can you play it? That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I think we, we've gotten pretty far uh, afield from the actual traditional definition of what an alpha, what a beta you right, know, right, what a right. demo is. I mean, I think most people, when they think of betas these days, it's actually just a fucking demo is what it is. It's not a beta. So yeah. anyway, that's that's semantics. That's game developer shit. We're not going to get into that now. Anyway, it's on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass on Xbox One, you can download it and try it for free right now. So it is basically... A 4v4 online, you know, uh, kind of an Overwatch sort of a thing. Uh, but the difference is it is third person. So you can see your character at all times. Uh, and your character there, I think there's one, two, three, four, maybe like 10 characters to choose from now are split between some characters being melee and some p- characters being uh, ranged. So you've got your frontline attackers who all have like swords or claws or something like that. And then you've got a group of characters who have guns or uh, they can shoot things that are not guns. And then you've got a couple that are kind of like uh, like tanks or bruisers. Um, I like the way that they've split it up because the people who are projectile users feel very different from the people who are the melee users. Like you right away pick up on that you play them very differently. And uh, they're usually more fragile. So I like the way that that kind of balances out. And the thing that I like also about it is the visual style. Um, Ninja Theory has created a bunch of like crazy characters for this game. And when I, I got to admit, like I got to be honest, when I saw the trailer for this game, I'm like, this looks like it's terrible. And when I jumped into it, like within five minutes, I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm wrong. This is awesome. Like, it's, it's actually really good. I know. I saw uh, you tweeting like so many pictures of different characters. You're like, this yeah. guy's great. This guy's great. This guy's great. Yeah. Once I really got into it and started like taking the time to look at it, I really like the character design a lot. My favorite guy so far is a cybernetic snake, which is welded to the body of a zombie. Like the snake is coming out of his spine and it's looping around and it's kind of acting like his right arm. And his Whoa. actual body is like an undead, rotten zombie. It's super gross. 
But he's a really fun character to play. I like him a lot. He can shoot venom. He has like heals plus damage dealing, and he can uh, like shoot curses and stuff. He's pretty cool. But um, there's like there's a whole bunch of different varieties of characters, and like it seems like a lot of the characters are disabled in one way or another. Many of them are like missing limbs, or they have like floating wheelchairs, or they have all sorts of stuff. So it, they're taking a real different edge to like how the characters design, and I think it's really fucking cool. Uh, like one lady uh, who is actually really neat. She. I guess was paralyzed from the waist down and they gave her like these cybernetic legs, but they're like these giant fucking like killer ostrich legs. And she like <laughs> kind of looks like a bird. It's fucking bonkers. But like when you see her in action, you're like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. Like she's like running really fast and she can like scratch you with her bird claws and stuff. Like it looks really fucking cool. So wait, what's um, a, what's a match like? So like, give me like an, um, a process of like you go in, you look, get in the you're in the lobby, you join up with other people. So right now it's in the beta. There's no lobby or anything. Like you can tell oh, okay. they're just like this is just like hey we're just getting this up and running. It's really super early. So what you do basically is you just you just say play yes. You start the game. It'll automatically assign you to one of the two game modes. And again beta early. It's not the finished version. One game mode is like uh, point control where there's like three points on a map and you just like gotta babysit them and. You know, as, as long as you keep control of a point, it'll click down some points and whoever gets to, you know, 500 points first wins or something. Pretty standard mode. The other mode is where you have to hunt down these items that are scattered at the map. You get those items, bring them back to a point and deposit them, and then you get points for that. So both the modes, very straightforward, very approachable and easy to understand so far. You just click yes, start a match. The game will automatically assign you to one of those modes whatever one is running whatever one is open you do not at, at this point you do not have a friends list there's no nothing like that you right, just right. join um i think there are some options that where you can maybe like change whether or not you can randomly get grouped up with friends or something i haven't dug into the options too much but it's basically bare bones right now. but how many people are you being joined up with 4v4 so 4v4. it's always a team of four versus always a team of four there's no solo modes so far nothing nothing smaller than 4v4 but it feels like a good number of characters. Um, so you jump into a map and uh, you just go at it. Like you try to stay together. There is. Um, so there's a couple things that are really interesting. So one, they've taken some feedback from other games and they've given each character a hoverboard. So like when you're out of the action, instead of just like running towards where it is, you can make this little hoverboard appear and you can zoom to get back to the action a lot faster, which I think is a good idea because, you know, you don't want to be running like from one end of the map to the other. You want to get to where the action is. And that really helps. Uh, but the other thing is there is a ton of accessibility options. I mean, as soon as you start the game up, it's like right on the home page where it says, you know, push X to go into accessibility. And it's not options. It's accessibility options. Mm. And there are a shitload of options in there. There's like color blindness, the intensity of the color blindness. There's font size. There is um, a really cool feature where if people are talking on team chat, it'll turn that spoken voice into text on your screen so it does voice to text which is amazing I love that is that. amazing yeah yeah so like if you don't have a headset or if you are a deaf player and you cannot hear what people are saying on team chat i mean you have emotes to reply back but at least you can hear what people are saying so they could tell you and see that text chat come up which is fucking awesome um there's a whole like vibration on or off or there's like uh like a depth of field thing so there's all sorts of different accessibility options they like i mean i'm, I'm trying to think of a game that has more accessibility than this one there oh, may be one, awesome. but I'm not aware of it. But this one has a ton of accessibility options, which I think is amazing. My my biggest question is um, because you know it's it's definitely in the news everywhere. Everyone's talking about this game right now. Um, and by the way, they're having another beta or whatever you want to call it on March 13th, I think. Um, so probably really soon they're doing another one. Um, is like 
yeah, again, full disclosure, it's hard not to talk about the game that we're working on because the reason why I like that game is because I don't know what each match is going to be like, right? So, like, because there's PvE in that game and other shooters, online shooters have those, but those usually kind of have an element of I don't know what's going to happen this match, right? Like, other things are out there, not just players, and we're not right. all just trying to do the same thing. So that kind of chaos is why I like uh, scavengers. But when I go to new games, because I want to try a bunch of these shooter games, if it's rinse and repeat and do the same thing, I usually get out of there. You know what I mean? As soon as possible, because I don't want to do the same thing a million times. It, now, I know it's early because it's like, you know, not done. But do you think the character abilities or something about the world itself will keep you coming back? Well, I mean, I think it depends. I mean, number one, I really like the characters a lot. So that, for, for me, goes a long way. It's not going to carry it all the way, but I do really like the characters, so I think that's a big plus. But it's kind of like Overwatch, where it's like, if you're the kind of person who likes to play Overwatch, where there's a variety of maps and there's, you know, different modes and stuff like that. But, you know, you know what you're getting in for, like, when you play Overwatch. Like, there's not any randomness from the world. It's basically just about the skill of playing, working with your team. If you like that kind of a game, that's what this game seems like. So right. if you get bored of like the Overwatch style game, probably not for you. And in general, I don't play those games very often. Um, I, you know, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to go the distance on this one. I don't know that I'm going to go all in, but like just from this weekend of beta, I played it a bunch last night. I played it a bunch this morning. I mean, I like the ideas. I like the way it, it feels very different from Overwatch. It looks very different from Overwatch, and uh, I mean, I liked Overwatch. I played it for about a year and had a pretty good time with it. It made a um, great first showing, is what you're saying. Yeah, very good first impression. Yeah. I really like the direction it's going. I like the ideas on display. Um, you know, I don't, I don't play a lot of these games, but I might consider playing this one. It's kind of like when uh, Apex Legends came out. I played that for like maybe one or two days, and I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm not interested. It did not catch me. But this one caught me. Like I thought this one was neat. Right. And I haven't really gotten into one since uh, since Overwatch. So I'll keep an eye on it. I'm very excited. And with Ninja Theory behind it, I mean, I kind of like that studio anyway. So now that I've got some hands on, I'm more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt. That trailer was kind of abysmal, but now that I'm playing it, I, I see what they were trying to do, and I. I think they should get a new trailer going because I don't. Oh think yeah, yeah. Sells the game very well, but uh, but I like it. I like it a lot, and I love these characters. I want action figures of all the characters, which I think is <laughs> a really big selling point to me. So yeah, tra trailers can go left or right. You know, they can really kind of sell it or or kind of hurt it. Uh, especially also if you pick the idea of doing cinematic instead of gameplay. Oh yeah, totally. just just don't recently. Do uh, what don't was do it? That. Yeah, I forgot what game it was. Some game did that, and I was like, listen, I I don't even know what it is though. So I'll, I'll check it out. I like the characters too. Every single screenshot you tweeted uh, seemed like really cool characters. And that's like, um, yeah, it, it definitely does go a long way. And also that studio, like I trust them pretty well, you know, based on yeah. other games. So I'll check it out uh, when I, I get my Xbox Series X. So not, <laughs> not for a I mean, while. By the, by the time you're ready to download this game on your future Xbox, it'll be like super polished and ready to go. And it'll have all these oh, features. Oh, there you go. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Cool. All right. That's Bleeding Edge currently in beta. I don't know how long the beta is running, but Carlos, you mentioned another beta is coming up. And currently it is Xbox One exclusive because Microsoft bought Ninja Theory. So they yep. are a, I guess, a second party, I guess is what you would call them now. I yeah. suppose. All right. Anyway, so that's Bleeding Edge and also West of Dead, both in beta on Game Pass right now. Carlos, back to you, sir. Uh, we are going to be talking about Not Tonight. Yes, finally. Yeah, absolutely. I know nothing about this game other than the title. Uh, so please, sir, fill us in. Yeah, so this is on the Switch, and I had this a little while ago. It got put in the back burner because of, 
you know, reasons. Reasons. Video game reasons, mainly. Uh, it's a pixel art, super pixel art, super beautiful pixel art, 2D scrolling adventure game. Uh, the only adv- the only actual gameplay loop is a kind of papers please. Uh, you play a bouncer, so you are a bouncer at a nightclub, and your job is to essentially in the beginning really just check IDs, and you need to see if they can get into the club or not. But that is kind of the game mechanic. The actual adventure game itself and the story is about Brexit, <laughs> of all things. Really? Yeah. Like, like, do they just come out and say it? Yeah, you're in the uh, kind of a future, like a, a, a future that probably isn't here yet. But like you're essentially annexed away from other British people. Now, I'm going to put an asterisk and say I have no fucking clue about what's going on with Brexit. It's confusing as shit to me. But it, essentially, it sounds like you are like it's like a, a class system has happened and you are not the cool class anymore. Right. You are the class of citizen in Britain who is like ousted and not cool and you basically um like there's a lot of like authoritarianism and like police state type mentality going on in this place like okay. at, at some point you're in a, your apartment and a police just knocks and you're like afraid because you don't know what could so happen. it's like real life then yeah nice yeah but it's in this kind of interesting setup where you have uh, an apartment and you can walk around your apartment and you have a, a phone of course a smartphone and you can check the news and there's always like updates on the Brexit stuff and updates on um, different jobs you can get it's because you you can potentially get uh, different jobs and you're just making it. And it's a pretty sad real life story uh, about this guy who's just making it and trying to get work. And so you start off the game by actually, yeah, going to um, a job you found on your phone and going down to the local bar and becoming a bouncer. And in the beginning, it's like, just check the ID to make sure this person's of age, right? Okay. But then after that, it's like, actually, you have to check if they're of age and supposed to be, um, uh, oh, it's not expired, right? So those are two different things. So they okay. just keep adding things to things you need to check on this ID. Uh, so And then by doing that, you make more money and you're basically like a better bouncer and you're trying to go up the ranks of being a bouncer. Now, interesting. Interesting. now I think okay. that because I haven't got far enough, I think you can actually get other types of jobs. But I, I'm feeling like the mechanic is the same thing, which is like you're checking something, and that means you know if you're doing your job good or not. Interesting. So we're getting a little subgenre then, because I mean, it seems like Papers Please, if I'm not mistaken, is the one that kind of kicked off this whole like checking checking details sort of a game i don't even know what you would call this thing i played uh peace death and i talked about it a couple weeks ago still playing it on the switch where you play a grim reaper who is checking whether people go to heaven or hell and now we're talking about not tonight where you're a bouncer like checking ids so like the check the checking subgenre checking your i don't even know we got to come up with a catchy title for this because i don't feel like people have coined it yet yeah yeah Uh, it's like um what is a thing to call it because it definitely feels like that is definitely a genre what was that one, uh, the, the dark kind of black and white game that I didn't like, but it was kind of like that too. They had, they, were, they, had, they had sections of the game that were like, you had to do some paperwork and check things. But then, oh, I think I know the one you're talking about. Were the people kind of like black blobby people? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I do not remember what it's called, okay. but I know what you're talking about. Anyway, so one, at least one more in the checking genre. Yeah, the checking genre, but also uh, sometimes it's a function in a game. But this is, I think, yeah, what it seems yeah. like. It seems like it's most of the actual game in this game. Now, here's my biggest pet peeve of the game. Okay. I absolutely love the art style. It is like perfect pixel art, and I know how hard pixel art is to make. I tried for a little while for one game, and it's fucking difficult. <laughs> so. Um, and by the way, if you look at that game, it's called That Gold Is Mine. Google it. It's like an abysmal uh, attempt at drawing a little old man. And I was like, it took me forever. So <laughs> this stuff is beautiful, but it's a switch. And you know, this is going to be my pet peeve for the show now for all year. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What am I going to say? Is it too small? The writing is too small. Oh, the text is too small. And the whole thing is you're checking IDs, Brad. Oh, no. What, what am I checking? The date on their birth? And you're saying I can't see it? Now, oh, I have no. tr- I have 2020 vision. Humble brag. <laughs> but, <laughs> is it a humble brag if you say humble brag? No, it isn't. But, I don't um, think it is. Okay, so I'm bragging. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, just, to be, just to be clear. That's also just absolute luck. So I have good vision, and I'm struggling. And I have good vision. Are you kidding oh, me? Other man. people? So that was my biggest pet peeve. It wasn't really the re- repetition because I actually started getting into kind of a, a like a, a funness to it because the sound's sure, really good too, sure. and and the story you kind of want to see what happens with this guy who's down and out and his luck, and what's going to happen with this kind of authoritarian kind of like government and the the fact that you're not like. It was really interesting to play from a character who's not. Uh, like a second-class citizen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, no, you're not as cool as the rest of other people in the UK, so you have to, like, work your way out of that. Very interesting idea. It's a genre of its own. My only pet peeve is the text is fuck-all small, like weird small. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason. There's so much real estate on the screen that I feel like they just waste on other things. See... All right, I gotta just get on my my soapbox for a second here, dude, because I love the Switch, and in fact, did I just trigger you? By the way, I just triggered you. You triggered me. You triggered me because, man, it's funny because literally last night I got in bed and I had my Switch and I'm looking at the games in my library and I wanted to download something that I had to delete because I didn't have enough space and I'm looking at what I got and I'm like, damn it, you know, I fucking love the Switch. If I if all I had was a Switch, I think I'd be okay. Like, I think I'd be all right if this was my only system because I got so many games that I love on this system and it's just right up my alley and it's just like Vita Part 2 and I love the Vita so much and I'm like, man, this is loving this shit. But the problem is that when, I mean, the thing I love about this game and I, I bet the thing that you're going to love about it too is like all the indies, but it's like you gotta you gotta go one step further, um, game developer people out there. You cannot just port your game. You must port the game, but you must fucking enlarge the text. Yes. Like you must make it readable. That screen is so much smaller than a PC screen. It's so much smaller than a TV screen, but it's a good screen. Like games look good on that screen. Like it's not microscopic. You've got real estate. Like you said, you just have to take that extra step, make that motherfucking text like three notches bigger so we can read it. You got to take that step. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to change the name of our podcast from here on out until they change it. And it's going to be called the so video games, please increase the size of your text podcast. I'm uh, not sure we're going to do that, but okay, I'll take we're not, advertisement. We're not we're, okay, maybe not, but let's, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Let's move on and also in, increase your text, motherfuckers. Because I kind of really, I kind of enjoy that game. Like, I really want to know what's going to happen. I'm going to continue with it, you know? Well, I got to ask you then. I got to ask you because as you were talking about this, I think I kind of do like the checking genre. I didn't, I wasn't sure if I did, 
but I've played two or three of them now and I, I kind of have a good time with them. So you've got me kind of interested in this one. I mean, maybe not really in the Brexit angle, but like having a guy trying to work his way up and doing these shitty jobs. That sounds like, you know, a game that I might be interested in checking out. But would you say that the text is so small that you do not recommend people play it on the Switch? Here's why I can't tell, because if if I get further, I should give you an update, because if I get further, the jobs might change. And if the jobs change, maybe the placement of where they're putting that ID or maybe it's not an ID anymore. You know, I, again, I don't do any homework, so I don't know if the jobs change. But if they do, maybe that text is a little easier to read is all I'm thinking. But if it's the same job and I'm always like checking IDs for the rest of the game, then fuck that game. Like I won't okay. I won't be able to finish it because it's just too hard. But if it changes a little bit. And by the way, that's too harsh to say fuck that game because I really enjoy a lot of it. And it's it's doing something other games aren't doing. But just I don't know. I don't well, know the answer. I mean, if, if it's if it's hard because it's hard, that's one thing. If it's hard because you can't read the text. That is, that is, I think that is in fuck that, they, fuck that game territory. I think it's fair to say that. Well, let me do an update, and then we can decide if I'm going to say that or not. Okay, do do an update. Check back with us next time. We'll see how it goes. Because I am a little bit curious about this one, but if I can't read it, it's yeah. kind of a problem. Again, getting back to the video and video games. Text is part of the video. Video games, it's right there in the title. You must focus on the video, folks. You must. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think we've got two more games, and then we've got some listener Q&A here. Um, I'm going to talk about Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. been playing this on Switch for the last week or so. A uh, friend of mine, Mac Daddy Mel B, who is on Twitter, I forget what we were talking We were talking about something, and he's like, oh, Brad, you should totally play this game. And I'm like, I think I looked at it, and what you know, what you what's good about it? He's like, man, this is your shit. You're going to like this. It's really, really good. And I remember looking at it a while. It came out in 2000. 18 maybe 17 and i remember being like whatever i just like didn't even give it two seconds uh but it's like no 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 you got to come back you got to play this i'm playing it now it's dope it's it's the shit you're gonna like it and i'm like okay and he was giving it the hard sell man he brought it up like a couple times and i'm like all right he's real he's real enthusiastic about this and he's really pushing it hard he must think i'm gonna like this and it just so happened that game was on sale for half price and i'm like well all right i'll give it a shot on the switch on the Switch. On the Switch. And I gotta say, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom is fucking dope. It is so good. He was dead on with his recommendation. I'm very glad. Uh, man, uh, Mac Daddy MLB, please, uh, thank you very much for re- recommending this. I really appreciate it. This has been a very bright spot in my 2020. I love this game. Um, so what is it? Uh, people tell me that it is a continuation of the Wonder Boy series. From I was just going to say that. Yeah, I know Wonder Boy. I played Wonder Boy games. Okay. Uh, played them on the Sega Master System and then later on the Genesis. But yeah, I played these I, games. I don't know that I've ever played a Wonder Boy game. I don't think I have. And I know that there were a couple either remakes or um, just new versions that came out before Monster Boy came out. I didn't play any of those either because I knew I didn't really, I never played Monster or Wonder Boy. I didn't have a, any nostalgia. It didn't seem like my kind of thing. So I just gave a pass to Monster Boy. But, I, you know, it's fine to just jump in. I didn't know anything about Wonder Boy. I, it's it's fine to just come into this game with no previous knowledge. It's not a huge backstory. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing No, no. Not. It's a, oh, but wait, can I say what I remember of mine? Yeah, absolutely. So Wonder Boy, I remember, is like a little cherub-looking boy with, like, no pants, no shirt. You know, just kind of like a little, what do they call it? Oh, this is getting awkward real quick. 
Oh, uh, man. You know, like a little a little underwear or whatever, right? And he's just running around in his little cherub thing. And kind of like Ghosts and Goblins when you're, like, exposed and then you have to get, like, upgrades so you don't, like, die immediately. Sure. sure. And it was a side-scroller. And then you would turn into a dragon every once in a while. And then you'd be badass. And then you'd be, go back to, like, Little Wonder Boy. So that's... That is, like, at its core basically the same thing but it is pretty far removed from what that is but i think they've taken that that idea and just really ran a million miles with it so um you start off the game as just like this guy who's just like this kid in armor or something looks like a little knight or whatever uh randomly he gets cursed the entire kingdom gets cursed everybody in the whole world gets turned into an animal and he gets turned into a pig uh who can do magic and so he's like, what the fuck? I don't want to be a pig. This sucks. I got to like undo this curse and blah, blah, blah. Story is not really the high point of this game. Not really the reason why we play this game. It's a 2D platformer slash Metroidvania. It is not just a Metroidvania. It is not just a platformer. It is a combination of both. And the reason I say that is because you... Sorry, I just was bringing up Wonder Boy on my phone. <laughs> You weren't supposed to hear wow. that. Wow. Wow. Okay. I think we all heard that, Carlos. And no, we didn't. A little bit disappointed. I might have edited this out of the podcast. <laughs> anyway, what happens is you. So the reason I say it's a platformer and Metroidvania, uh, I, I want to call that out because this game is really, really smart in the way it's designed. It is at, largely a Metroidvania in that there are, you know, there's areas that you can't pass until you get a certain power. That's how Metroidvanias work. But it's not just about that, because as you're going to get the things that you need, they have really gone the extra mile to make each section really entertaining. So, like, you are using platformer skills on the way to get those things that you need in order to, like, you know, activate the Metroidvania part. And I feel like it's a really good balance, because you can go for a long section, feel like you're playing a really tight platformer, and then, you know, you hit the Metroidvania part, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, like, here's a thing that I activate, whether it's the double jump or whether it's, you know, whatever... And so they, they really have focused on both and balanced it really well. Like, I don't feel like either part of the game suffers for the other one, which is pretty rare because I, I've played a lot of Metroidvanias recently where it's boring. Like, you're not doing anything except for finding that one item that unlocks the next section. But when you're actually on the way to get that thing, it's just you're not doing anything exciting. Like, really super basic combat, really super basic traversal. But here, like, the combat is interesting. It's really fun and action-packed. It takes some skill. Uh, there's lots of environmental puzzles and lots of environmental challenges where you really have to think about how am I going to get to this piece or what's going on in this particular section. Each section is different from the last section. So like you might be underwater for a minute here. You might be in the clouds over here. You might be dodging lava over here. You might be doing, uh, you know, ladder climbing here. You might be looking for moving blocks over here. I mean, like, I feel like every section has been something new. And they've all been like really interesting variations on platforming action while also maintaining the whole getting stronger thanks to my Metroidvania upgrades and accessing more of the world thanks to those upgrades. So it's a it's a wonderful balance. I mean, these guys are really smart in the way they've designed this, and it's been really interesting from start to finish. How are you? Um, how are you saving the game? Um, you come across these little portals every so often. Um, they're marked on your map, and as long as you just step on one, you save your game. Okay. Um, so it's it's super easy. I've never had a problem. If you die, you only get sent back like thirty seconds or something, and. Well, dying is like totally no big deal at all. Yeah, there's that's no, good. That's good. There's no no Dark Souls shit or no punishment like that. Well, what's interesting about that because a lot of those games like early Wonder Boy and um, what's that other game? There's so many games that Alex Kidd, I think Alex Kidd, yeah, yeah, and not Keith Courage because that was better because you turn into a robot and that's for the super true, graphics. True. Oh, it was awesome. But uh, in a lot of games like that, it was really tough because you had lives. Remember? 
Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. if you had three lives and you were done, that was it. And so like I like playing these types of games nowadays as an adult. Wow, I couldn't say adult, which means maybe I'm not one. Uh, <laughs> it, it, then you and have a save feature because then you know you don't want to rage quit. Right. No. No. They get away from that really old school arcadey shit. Like they don't do any of that stuff. Like. You have, uh, you know, you have health points, but if you die, you just go back like a tiny little ways and you can do it infinitely. Um, there's no lives. There's no limit. You never you never go back to the game over screen or anything like that. Yeah. Like they want you to play this game. They want you to play it. They, they're not trying to punish you. They're not trying to, you know, make you work hard for it. Although there is some skill necessary for some of these challenges. Um, so I really like it. it feels very playable. All the powers are really interesting. You can transform into a number of different things so far. And that's what really makes the game come alive is he, he starts off as this magic using pig who has a couple of different abilities. He becomes a teeny tiny little snake who can like spit venom. Oh yeah. You were a snake in the old ones too. Yeah. He becomes a snake to slide through little small areas. He can cling to grass and stuff. He becomes a, a frog that can like breathe underwater and he can jump and he's got his little uh, tongue. It's like a grappling hook. He turns into like a lion who can charge really fast, like run across water and uh, do this other stuff. I haven't gotten all the abilities yet, but each one puts a different spin on things and really changes the formula in a different way. And you're often like switching between them like really quickly. Like you might be the lion to like dash across some water. You get to the other side, but before you get there, you got to turn into the frog so that you can use his tongue to grab a hook to like pull yourself up. And then when you get to the top, turn back into the pig so you can like uh, do some fire magic to kill the dude that's up there. And like, they, it just, it just keeps rolling, man. They never let you get into like a good, like a, like a, a groove where you're just on autopilot. Like you're always thinking about your environment. You're always thinking about what's happening. It's very, um, it's challenging, but in a good way, like the environmental puzzles, I think are really well done. You're constantly cycling through all your powers, thinking about different ways to move, different ways to activate things. And um, I just, I have not been bored for like even one second. I have not been, uh, I, you know, I just, I just really impressed with everything they've done. I mean, it's, it's great pacing. It hasn't slowed down. I'm constantly getting like something new to, to use or to equip or something like that. Um, d you know, different types of challenges in every section. I, and then the graphics, dude, the graphics are great. I love the graphics. The, um, hand drawn cartoony style graphics are very smooth. I love the animation and the idle animations are really great. There's lots of character to each creature that you can turn into, uh, just a beautiful looking game. I mean, everything about it is great. I have like zero, zero complaints, zero criticism. Wait, what's I, going on? What's happening? Are we in this is our world? It is a great game, dude. They have fucking nailed this thing and uh, it's been wonderful. I'm about maybe two thirds of the way through it. And I just, I love it. It's it's, dude, it's a wonderful game. Dude, you just said wonderful. It is. It is a wonderful a game. Wonder boy. It is wonderful. An, oh shit, boy. Yeah, that was it good. was right that there. Was good. That's, it's almost it. like our pun episode, but not as much. Not as much. Um, no. Also, by the way, is I don't know if you know, but I remember the old one. You could turn into a skateboard guy. They got rid of that. They got rid of the yes. No, yeah. that sucked. No, we're that not doing that. That was from the '80s. Yeah, yeah. That's... No radical skateboard dude. No, thank you, dude. Um, but he had yeah. a helmet on. I remember that. He was safe. He was, he was safe, safe yeah, which I respect. Yeah. But no, we don't do that this time. Well, I'll check it out. It seems like it'd be a shorter game, probably. I'm guessing. Um, uh, the guy that recommended it to me, uh, he said that it was fairly long for this type of game and i'm about two-thirds of the way through i don't feel like it's been long at all i feel like i'm still like really into it but he said the last leg can be a little bit long so i mean i guess probably 10 to 15 hours or something like that but god it's so good so far dude i'm yeah. just, i'm loving this game it's really really good all right i will check it out there we go that was monster boy in the cursed kingdom playing it on switch it was on sale for half off it is no longer on sale i'm sorry oh. it's full price but man, what a kick-ass game. Wish list that and grab that ASAP when it goes on sale. 
All right, now, um, we do have listener Q&A, but before we get to that, we get one more game to talk about, and I feel like we're probably going to be a little bit divisive on this one. We're going to have a different opinion. We might have a different opinion. I'm going to let you start off, uh, Carlos, but we each recently purchased Snack World, the Dungeon Crawl Gold version, uh, which just came to the Switch. That's where I'm playing it. I'm sure that's where you're playing it, correct? Yep. All right. So, Carlos, give us the quick rundown on Snack World, and uh, we will get into it. I have some pretty detailed notes for this because I wanted to kind of give the overview of, like, Everything I experienced in the game, kind of what's in the game, and then uh, Brad's going to shit on it. I so will totally that, shit all over this that's game. That's the process of how this is going to go down. Absolutely. Guaranteed. So, guaranteed. So it is a three-quarters view action RPG. Uh, it has inklings and feelings of fantasy life, not this in complexity or, or that same type of game. It's more of a just a, a loot grab game. You're going to kill a bunch of things, get a bunch of loot, Make weapons, craft weapons, find weapons, buy weapons, and then essentially do a bunch of jobs for townsfolk. That's really what the game is, right? And you can also do co-op, couch co-op, which I'll tell you about my experience with that in a second. And you can also do online co-op. So they're selling this game as a go in there, don't leave, have fun. It's like an MMO almost in that way, where you're just going, getting a bunch of loot, upgrading your character. And there's definitely story, but... If you guys have watched on YouTube, you can YouTube the anime um, for this game. And it's funny because it's it's comical first. Obviously, they're trying to be like more of a comedy anime and a comedy role-playing game. Because in the very beginning, after you make your character, they're like, um, yeah, there's no big dilemma you've got to solve. So, I don't know, hang out. <laughs> Just go do things for people. And that's what you do the whole game. You're essentially doing chores for people and then fantasy ensues um you have a smartphone which is you know very modern there's some modern touches in this game in that you can tell about all these different things in your inventory and there's just almost too many menus in the phone i think there's definitely too many menus. yeah there's a and lots of times in the beginning of the game you'll notice you'll feel overwhelmed by permits because everybody gives you a permit to do something and i feel like that's superfluous that's the word of the day, superfluous. Um, you have a section called the Jara section, which I'm not sure why it's called that, but it's just your weapon loadout. So you can have up to six weapons, and you load them up. And the interesting slash thing that I don't like about the game <laughs> is when you are using a weapon, you have stamina slash durability type thing on each weapon. So after you use it for enough time, it gets down to zero, and you can't really use it anymore. So you have to switch to another weapon you have in your loadout, but then you can switch back to it. It's like a Monster Hunter sharpening your sword thing, right? Like, I mean, kind of, yeah. They like, just want you to cycle through weapons. They, they kind of force it on you. I know. I don't know why that. So that's like one of the biggest things I don't like, just because I love my two-handed weapon and I want to pick the one that I want to always use. So it's weird. Um, okay, so that's essentially what the game is. There's a lot of, again... In quotes, comedy. Some stuff falls flat. Some stuff is kind of interesting and funny. But you are the hook, and what has me going is just that you just want more loot. If you're like a loot hunter and you want to just keep upgrading and doing things, that's what this game does because there's a million side quests and then there's story quests, and you kind of do both of those. Uh, You can also capture monsters like Pokemon style. I don't know if you got to that, Brad, because you probably rage quit. 
uh, I they talked about it, but I didn't replay enough of the levels to actually do that, which is something that we should probably talk about. But you can't just do it right off. You gotta kill a monster like eighty five thousand times. It's not eighty five thousand times. I have like four thousand times. It's eighty three thousand times. No, you have to kill an enemy. I don't know. Let's say like realistic like 30 times or something like that nothing very huge because if you're grinding it comes pretty quick so i have sure, like sure. all these little monsters they call them snacks essentially anybody who comes along with you on the ride uh an npc or a little monster is called a snack i don't know why it's weird because i think about eating them every time so i have like all these really interesting people i have like this squirrel that has a swashbuckler hat on and every time he attacks he goes on god which is <laughs> adorable <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I go out with the NPCs or you can go out with people, uh, you take out dungeons. It's ridiculous. Um, I'll say this about the co-op. So me and my friend, Lelena, friend of the show, we're playing last night co-op. I hardly ever play couch co-op. You too, right? Like it's very rare. Yeah. Not too often for sure. And it was so fun because you're like ribbing each other being like, no, over here. Oh, here's the monster. Oh, we got to do this. And we're just running around a dungeon yelling at our switches and having fun and leveling up. And if she dies, you can go revive them. So there's a re- revive mechanic. And so I revive her, she revives me. We beat the thing, we high five, and it's a real good feeling. Like if you have a friend who just wants to get a bunch of loot and likes action RPGs, I would say, minus whatever Brad's about to say, <laughs> it's really, really fun for that. Like take away everything, right? Take away the systems, take away the things that we're gonna talk about that we both might not like. Having a couch co-op game that's an action RPG, two people sitting down somewhere, it's really fun for that. Like, I feel like it's it's good for that. So that's a bunch of my stuff. I have more things to say, but I want to give Brad the floor to just... Are you sure you lay... want to give it to me so soon? Well, <laughs> you're not going to take it forever. Just lay down some feces and then we'll I'll come back. Oh, man. Yeah, this game is garbage, dude. It's hot garbage. I'm really mad that I paid for this because... I don't pay full price for games too often, but I got suckered into this. Not that you suckered me, but I had you and a couple of the people that I knew were really excited about this and they were all going to jump in at the same time. And we were talking about doing online and I, you know, I like, I like a good dungeon crawl. I do. I like a dungeon crawl. I loved, um, fantasy life on 3ds. I thought that game was great. And I, this looks, if you watch the trailers, it looks a lot like fantasy life. It's from the same developer level five is included in this. And so I was like, Oh man, like, if this is fantasy life part two, I'm down. Like I want more of that for sure. Uh, it's not like not even remotely the same thing as uh, fantasy life, which is really disappointing. Uh, and maybe that was me assuming too much based on a trailer, but it really did kind of give me those vibes. Well, I was going to say that lots of times for video games, we've said this on the show before is expectation. So yeah. if you were like really coming in from that, like it was never going to be that. I mean, it could have been similar, but even putting my desire for more fantasy life aside, this game is just garbage. It's really terrible. Uh, nothing about it is good. I mean, I don't really care for the writing at all. I think it's not funny a bit. And when I went into the cafe and it's the Cove Fifi Cafe, I was like, you guys can just fuck right off with this. Like, no, I'm, I don't, I'm equally as mad about that. Yeah, I do not appreciate any kind of Trump references in my game. It's not cool to name that. I don't like that at all. But that aside, I don't think the jokes are funny. I think it's really boring writing and just really punny and dumb. But the but putting that aside, like the mechanics are not great. I don't think the combat feels very good. I feel like the way that the enemies... I, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I felt like the enemies often get priority for strikes. And so like when you come in to try to time it, maybe it gets different with better weapons as you go. But like with the starting weapons... 
the enemies were often getting priority to hit and I was taking like a lot of damage and I'm like this does not feel good like I don't I was not able to click with the combat to where it felt intuitive and natural I felt like I was really struggling with it I didn't I didn't like that at all um, the other thing I didn't like is that the grind kicks in like immediately and it's not a good kind of grind it's not a fun kind of grind like they want you to craft uh, weapons and armor and stuff and like I was I was replaying the first set of levels multiple times and I still wasn't able to get the things that I needed for like the very starting pieces of armor I mean I was still like in like my starting suit for like a long time and I'm like this is ridiculous I'm just replaying the same levels that I do I even had to replay some of the uh, tutorial levels to try to get some of those components and I'm like this is not fun like this is just not fun like it would be better if this was like a randomly generated dungeon or something wait wait they are though by the way they are procedurally generated dungeons. They're, they're each one is different. So, how are they procedurally generated? Because I was going back to replay those areas, and they seemed exactly the same to me. No, because every time I would go in, I'd be like, "Where am I? Where are we going again now?" Yeah, the dungeons are because it's like it's actually that's the thing I don't like because I I would much rather know where I'm going. But my big one of my biggest pet peeves to kind of pile onto your um, shitstorm is that uh, because it's like random and they're really really big dungeons it becomes annoying if you're looking for one specific thing, like you were saying, like you might have to click something because in this game, it also has doors like magical doors and buttons. And so sometimes you have to hit like three buttons to open up the doorway to go down a level in the dungeon. Sometimes you have to hit two buttons. It doesn't tell you why or when. And then sometimes there's a magical door that you go inside and get treasure. Sometimes a magical door brings you to your quest area and it doesn't tell you that either. So yeah. I think the biggest problem, because I heard some things you said earlier, they're actually not true, but it's like, I think they did such a bad job of explaining what to do sometimes. People think that's true. Well, like, which part do you think wasn't true? Because if I'm if I'm incorrect, I mean, please feel a, feel free to correct me, but I'm going right. off of what I played. So what was what did I say that was not true? No, no, and I didn't mean that because I wanted to clarify. Like, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. there was, at some point, um, I thought I had to grind, but I was just like in the wrong area. And if I would just would have went to this one door, the quest would have been over. So I'm not sure if that's what happened with you, but there's a few different times where I thought I was supposed to, oh, well, I, I guess I haven't got this thing that I need because it says go do this thing and get this thing. But it was actually me just going into a certain doorway and then getting to a boss and beating the little mini boss. And then I got the thing I was looking for. I mean, possibly, but let me describe what's what I'm what I recall. So, like, yeah. I wanted to make one of the very like it's like like one of the first suits of armor that you get. Like, it's like it's like starting starting armor plus one. Like, it's nothing fancy, um, and they teach you like, oh, you need to you know have these different components to make it. And I'm like, okay, fine. One of the things I needed was like a feather. One of the things I needed was like a bottle of sand. And so I look at the levels that you can choose from, and I can it tells you like what is what is it possible for you to get in these levels. And one level was like the feather, and one level was the sand. And so I would go and like grind in that level. Did not get the, did not get either one of those things. And I go back and leave. Cause I'm just like, I didn't get the fucking thing I needed. And I just wasted like all that time. Um, and I come back to the menu and like, it clearly says this is where this stuff is. And so I'm like, it's just a random drop, I guess. Yeah. Never got the stuff that I needed. And I didn't want to play those levels anymore because I mean, there's also like this gotcha element. Now in, in Japan, there was like a whole line of like, merchandise that you could buy like it was like you know those japanese blind bag things were like you know oh, i love all of them yes i'm a big yeah, fan i i hate those I yeah hate those see that's why okay if i if i buy those i buy the entire box because i want the whole set right i don't want to just hope 
to buy the one that I need or maybe I buy the same one like three times because you don't know what you're getting. So they had like this whole like merchandise thing. They took that out and just added those mechanics into the game. I don't think it works, dude, because like when I was uh, it's, it's really unclear about this and I didn't figure it out till later. But, you know, you, you have the chance to get some of these weapons or like the items when you do these levels. But like it's not guaranteed. And so you're just like doing it over and over and over, hoping to get the thing that you want. And mm-hmm. I just that feels like a fucking waste of time. No, it huh? is. But, but let me go back to the armor thing yeah. real quick. So it, there's no main quest line, no main story quest, because if you just want to progress in the game that makes you make armor like so that's where there might be confusing. Like, there's never you've got to make armor to progress. No, I just wanted to because I was dying too fast. Oh. I was just trying to just level up. I wanted something better. Yeah. So it, again, it's 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 how you get there. So by doing enough story quests, you end up getting unlocking certain things. Yes, some of it's random, but I always felt pretty okay. Again, I don't know how I, I did my build versus yours. I also there's a traits in this game right so like fortitude charm all that yeah, kind of shit. skills Skill and i put everything that. immediately as i do a, as a melee build all the time into fortitude so i had like more defense and more strength and so that might have helped me but i really don't i feel like we had two different experiences because i didn't think the enemies were super hard i had my two axe double blade axe weapon thingy and i really just cleaned house and i didn't i literally didn't grind in this game until i wanted to like I did story quests, didn't go because yes, if I would have tried to get some of the armor for like my hat that I wanted and all these different things that needed specific things, I would have like gone crazy. So I would recommend anybody playing this don't like specifically go for things. I feel like just do the story quest for a while because then you start end up getting a ton of resources. And then when I went to my inventory screen, it said, hey, did you know you can make this thing? And then yeah, I just made it. Right. Yeah, so I feel yeah. like that's a different way of approaching it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think that I went I mean, to just story that, quest first. That is good advice. That is really good advice. But it, what's even better advice is to just not play this game because it's garbage. <laughs> okay. Um, I just I just didn't like the way it played. I didn't like the way it felt to play. I didn't think it was interesting. Um, there's like a million games that have similar mechanics that do it all better. And I just didn't see any reason to keep progressing in it. So I had a really negative experience with it. I was very unhappy with my purchase. I feel like I wasted my 50 bucks and I'm really mad that I spent it because I could have bought 10 much better indies on the switch that I probably would have enjoyed more than this piece of shit game. So I'm very, I'm very unhappy with this game. I do not think it's good. I do not recommend it to anyone for any reason at all. You're entitled to your opinion. I highly recommend it. And uh, say if you like action RPGs and especially if you want to do one with a co-op with a friend, I think it's great. Here's a pro tip Uh, pro tip. This is really, really important. And then we can leave snack world for now. Sure. Pro tip Uh, in the first dungeon, you have to go kill Medusa. It's a big, big bad boss the first boss right uh there's a way to beat it you'll figure that out but i was dying because i wasn't finding the way to the medusa because again a lot of these dungeons are like it's so hard to find where you're supposed to go you've got to find these little buttons hold down the buttons and that will open up different levels uh and then you can find magical doors and you'll find medusa i again hate how some of the dungeons are structured but the key is you have to do all that with a time limit because if you didn't know that at some point I just kept dying and like this guy would show up and he'd be like, <laughs> he literally says, Hey buddy, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> he just like one shots me. He like one shots wow. me and I'm like, what? And I couldn't even heal. And I was like, what did I do? Terrible job of explaining that. Right. But I think it's hilarious that he said, buddy, I'm just doing my job. You sh-. And then he goes, you should have found it by now. So he was giving me the um, idea there was a time limit, you know? So then I went back in there, was more like, you can actually run by enemies, pro tip number two. 
you literally don't have to fight anybody in those dungeons, which is interesting. You can run and roll and get to the area that you want to get to. So I did that the second time and got to Medusa much quicker with all my health items. It's a, it's again, it sounds convoluted how it is and it, and, and it isn't explained right. No, but they don't explain jack shit in this game. It's, it's got a million text logs that you're supposed to read that are supposed to be quote unquote tutorials. They don't explain anything. Uh, I didn't read anything though. I mean, it's hit a and roll out of the way. I mean, if you like rinse and repeat, you want to grind and loot and get loot. That's all I do. And every once in a while, by the way, because I'm playing more of the story than you are. There's some funny, interesting things that start popping up, you know, like, um, well, I won't, I won't go into them, but I will also say this. It's the same mechanic as cat quest. So I am very big fan of cat quest RPG. And it is almost the same mechanics of attack, roll out of the way, attack, roll out of the way. So for me, I was just like cleaning house because I've been playing that style of game forever. Yeah, Any, anyways, uh, listen to Brad if you li- like Brad's opinion. Listen to me if you like my opinion. And choose for yourself. Don't waste your 50 bucks. No, no, choose for yourself, Brad. Don't we waste be- your 50 bucks. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. We... <laughs> We asked our listeners last week a question, and we got some great responses that we are about to discuss in a second. But before we do that, Carlos, can you please, for the listeners, recap what our question was? Uh, I forgot our question. Oh, God. Wait, wait, wait. Let me think about it. It was... No, I don't remember. It was... If you could make any sort of a game that doesn't exist, what kind of game would it be? Right. That one. So pretend that Carlos said that and recapped it for us. Thank you very much, Carlos. You're welcome. And we got wonderful responses. So uh, thank you, everybody who chimed in. Uh, Carlos, do you, you? Oh, you know what? Did I? I don't, don't have, have these list, in you? front of me, so I'm oh, going off of man. what you're saying. You don't have the list. Okay, I'm going to send you the Oh, shit. Well, no, we, right, could, we could, you could just read them and then I can like comment. Man, okay. Sorry, sorry, folks. I thought I sent Carlos a list. I didn't send the Carlos list. I did it for myself. I like being the, I'll be the I comedy suck. and then you read it and I'll say something funny. Okay, fine. All right, we're going to roll with it. First one comes from Elijah Bame. He says, one of my dream projects would be to create a short immersive sim all about living with anaphylactic allergies. Whoa. Maybe randomize what allergens the player has for each playthrough, make them realize how freaking crazy living with lethal allergies is. That's kind of like a learning game. So like teaching people what it like it's like to be in their shoes. Definitely educational. I would like, I would wonder though, like, let's say, for example, that Elijah's character has peanut allergies. Would it be, I mean, he said a short immersive sim. Would that be just like going through life trying to decide what has peanuts in it? Or would there be giant enemies shaped like peanuts that you would have to, like, avoid? <laughs> now, I think it's like a like a Sims kind of situation where you're could like, be. yeah, going through life and seeing how many times it could be a problem. That's, you know, that's I good. mean, that's kind of scary. Like, if you go to a restaurant and, uh, like, my, my, uh, my wife's father recently discovered that he is deathly allergic to almonds. He got through like his entire life, apparently like never having an almond. I don't know how that happened. Whoa. Totally fucking true story, dude. He he's like 60 or something got through his whole life. I guess he never met an almond. And then we, uh, I was not with him, but he went out to dinner with, uh, some friends had something that had almonds on it. And he like almost died. Like he fucking, his throat got, you know, big and swollen and couldn't breathe. And they, uh, EMTs had to bring him like an EpiPen and stab him with it and stuff. So it was like a total out of the blue. And I would, I mean, I imagine that if you have allergies like that, living life must be pretty scary at times. You never know if that the next bite you're going to eat is going to have something that you shouldn't have. That That's kind of scary. Well, I would say this, though, kind of as a, a side tangent. I think that we're in such a great time for indie games right now that 
there are so many games that do share perspectives of other people, right? Like we're getting that all the time now. So um, yeah, it's a good time for him to make that game. Interesting, interesting. And I bet that no one in the world has had that idea. I've never never heard that Mm -mm. thrown out at a game jam or anything like that. So um, next one comes from Courtney Craven from Can I Play That? I love that site. Uh, she says, I will always hold out hope for Susan's dream of AAA game to be presented in ASL, American Sign Language, to be made without English subtitles, just to be able to tell the people mad about it that not all games are meant for everyone. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of spiteful, but okay. I love that because honestly, dude, so Can I Play That is a great site. It's one of the very few sites, Game Critics is also one, where we have information for people who are deaf and hard of hearing. And their site specifically uh, focuses on, you know, like everything that a deaf person would need to know about whether they can play a game or not. How are the subtitles? What do they look like? Are there audio cues? Like how friendly is it? It's a great resource. I love their website. Um, And it was started uh, by, she said, Susan who was uh, one odd gamer girl on Twitter. She is no longer with us. She actually died recently. So uh, rest in peace, Susan. She wrote for Game Critics a couple times and we were friends on Twitter, but she's the one who started that. She was deaf herself. And, you know, like when you talk about accessibility for games, there's always some asshole who comes out and says, yeah, but not everybody can play every game, so deal with it. Right. And like, it's like, fuck off. Like, I get it. Like, you cannot make blind people see a painting. You cannot make deaf people hear music, but there are things you can do. And if you don't do those things, you're an asshole. And like those people out there, there's a lot of guys out there who, and it's always guys who are just like, yeah, fuck you. It's not for you. So what? Get over it. And it's like, yeah, but we can make things accessible. We can share these experiences. We don't need to like wall people off from these things. And it just really fucking gets my goat. And I'm sure that a lot of people in the accessibility community feel the same way. So to have a game that would be totally inaccessible to other people and then tell them to fucking fuck off, I'm all for it. Yeah, do it. That's good. It would give a whole line of games. Absolutely. I mean, just just to have people experience that. If you're a person who has both eyes working fine, both ears working fine, your body works fine, you can hold a controller no problem, you can play any game you want to play, you can watch any movie you want to watch, you can do anything you want to do, that's great. But have some sympathy for people who are not in your situation. There's a lot of people out there who are not as fortunate as you. Dude, what was that game that where you played as a blind character? Remember? There's a couple of those. There's and you a couple could like more. you could only like hear the sounds or feel the sounds or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's some games that are starting to be made like that that have like no graphics at all, but just sounds, which is pretty interesting. But I mean, all I'm saying is, if you're if you can do things, that's great. I'm happy for you. But have empathy for people who maybe are not as able as you are, and like don't. Don't shit over it, man. Like, don't don't be a fucking asshole about it. Yep. Uh, all right. Next one comes from Matt Paprocki. Says, I've always wanted a Godzilla or generic giant monster military sim. It's like Ace Combat, but you're fighting the monster. Or maybe a tank sim. But really, the whole goal would just really be to survive. Hmm. Oh, wait. Earth Defense Force. Kind of like Earth Defense Force, maybe. I don't know that you... Yeah, I guess there you can fly a little bit. Yeah. But uh, maybe like more of a like a military sim. So maybe like you'd have to take like a, you know, mechanically accurate F-16 or something up against, you know, Fantasy Lizard or... Oh, whatever, flight, uh, flight Simulator versus Godzilla. That would be kind of cool, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Next one comes from Fiddlesticks, but it's all like the I is like a number one and the S is like a number five. Uh, says... I'm close on this, but what I've wanted to see is a game where World War II gets interrupted by a dragon invasion. So kind of echoing that first one we just listened to there. And you have to dogfight them all in F6 Hellcats flying from the last aircraft carrier on the planet. Whoa. 
That yeah. sounds like a movie I'd like to watch. Yeah, it sounds like a movie that's already made almost in some way. I, I wonder if somebody has made that movie because uh, that seems like something you could do. Uh, I would I would like that, you know, like modern technology versus fantasy technology. It's an interesting dichotomy there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Joshua Jackson, the mailman with calves of steel, a frequent listener. Hello, Joshua Jackson. Uh, says, this may be a thing already, but what about a game about delivering mail <laughs> <laughs> and all the trials and tribulations that can ensue? I don't know, Joshua. Maybe you should tell us about that. I would love to hear your stories. I mean, Fuck, it's not pay- the same, but Paperboy exists in the world. Uh, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> literally the next sentence says, Fuck Paperboy. He's trash and no one reads the paper anymore uh, anyway. It's true. But he was like going to homes and doing something and then trying to get away from things. So, uh, yeah, the mailman. Oh, my goodness. Is there not one? I mean, that would be kind of cool if you were, like, parkour mailman and there was, like, obstacles and, like, hazards and shit. That may be kind of cool. That I can I can imagine every house could be a new obstacle, right? Like, so one house is, like, they have a meth lab and there's, like, criminals. You know, one, one house <laughs> is, like, just a happy family, but maybe some weird thing, like, a ball comes flying out and you, like, could trip over it. Like, each house could have its own dilemma. I now love this idea. What if there was a house that was, like super vertical and the mailbox was like at the top of like a tower and you had to like find a way to scale the tower that would get old if that was like on your route every day but man you would be so buff and in shape if you like had to climb that shit every day oh yeah yeah i feel like this is ripe joshua you gotta let us know your ideas man i want to talk some more about this This someone should make that in um in construct or something like a 2d platformer i think that would work well too absolutely that sounds one that's a wonderful idea i love that one uh, Finder says a game where you develop homes and you have objectives like low costs, minimal space or maximum efficiency slash minimum carbon footprint. And you can see the effect of an area's homelessness, economy and climate when it's used. Ooh, I like that part of it a lot. Wow. Talk about hardcore Sim. That seems pretty cool. If you could do that, like in a small scale, like neighborhood planning or something, I bet a lot of Sim City folks would be into this one, especially Wait. with. What? No, I was going to say there is a game that does something like this. I really? will research it afterwards. Um, it's a Sim City type game, and they look at your carbon footprint and they look at the kind of green effect that you have. I- I'll find it. There's something like this. So this game might exist. Something like Okay, that. so maybe this game exists. Okay, maybe yeah. Finders in some luck. All right, we're going to do some one uh, a, a Soviet video games first. We're going to actually do some research and find out. <laughs> I'll do my first bit of research. First right bit now. of research. All there right. I'm writing it a note. Next one comes from Elio Campitelli, and he says, I'm reading Icelandic sagas and an RPG that really captures both the complicated legal system and the ultra violence would be awesome. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing in Iceland. I didn't know they had sagas over there. I didn't either. And they have legal system plus ultra violence. That's I mean, is that probably something like um, there was a couple what what is that one uh, where you had to survive? You had to take a band of Vikings, and oh, North, Northgard, Northgard, no, no, it was a story based game that was super popular. I didn't like it at all, but a lot of people loved it. And it was, it has three parts story. Oh my god, and I'm forgetting it. it we'll was do so research. Big. We'll, we'll research. <sighs> I know I I can think of it, but I can't think of the name. Oh my god, I apologize, folks. I you know my recall on games that I don't like is terrible, and I didn't like that one. But this whatever. I'm sure Elio's played it already. Next one, Thief of Hearts. Good friend Thief of Hearts says a superhero turn-based JRPG using original characters in a warped comic birth comic comic birth comic book Earth set 15 minutes into the future, which is very soon. Earthbound meets Mass Effect in Astro City. Oh uh, well, now they have me at Earthbound because come on. 
And I always want more games in the present. So love that. Um, I like a lot of this. I would play this. I mean, I like Mass Effect. I, I kind of like the idea of Astro City. Um, Earthbound, I see where the humor's coming in. I mean, I, I'd be down for this. It's a lot of work. It's what I'm seeing in my head right now. It That's a big game. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like... A, maybe it's like an MMO, possibly, or maybe... No, he said turn-based. No, no, no. I want it to be... Yeah. It, so I maybe... Think, okay, so maybe that would be the hook, then, is like you would have like a bunch of powers that you would choose from a menu rather than the action route that people usually go. So, okay. That might be a different spin. You have to make a JRPG. I, I can see that working. I'm in. I'm in, too. I'm in, too. Next one comes from Rowan Carmichael. He says, a turn-based Umehara Kawase grappling hook RPG. Have you played those games, uh, Carlos? No, not yet. I keep putting them off. But Do I... you know what they are? Have you seen yeah. them before? Uh-huh. Yeah, for people that don't know, Umehara Kawase is a really cult niche Japanese game. It's a 2D platforming thing where you have a fishing pole that you, um, you know, you cast your, your grappling hook out with your fishing pole. You grab stuff and you have to you use it to climb up and you grab things and everything is a fish in that game with feet. And then you have like lots of platforms you can fall. But the weird thing about it is that the line from your fishing pole is like a rubber band. It's not just like a regular grappling hook. And so you have to contend with how much it fucking stretches and bounces. I love the idea of this game and I fucking hate playing this game. I've played three different ones in the series, never clicked with any of them. In fact, I just played one a couple days ago on the switch did not like it. I like the idea. Do not like it in practice. But if it was turn-based, maybe I'd be down for that. That might get rid of the rubber band shit that I don't like. Mm. Uh, Brian Thiessen says, I would like the return of arcade-style sports games, NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, and so forth. Carlos? Yeah, I mean, I, I got a little... Because t- they brought NBA Jam back a little while ago uh, and kind of did a HD remaster or whatever of it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to play this anymore <laughs> as I was playing it, you know. And then, um, oh, and for the record, I beat Dan Shu. He's going to tell you otherwise. If you ever hear Shu. You, you mean from uh, from EGM? Yeah. And now uh, when I, yeah, from everything. He's all over. He's the around. Area. He's around. Um, we did a whole video. And <laughs> anyways, I beat him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I miss the, the, the snowboarding games and the extreme sports games that yeah. way but not the nba as much speaking of which did you play steep that came out a couple years ago that's yeah. kind of a snowboarding. Yeah, it, did you like that one it wasn't bad it All wasn't right. bad that was free on psn for a while i think i picked it up but i never tried it I'll have to give it a go. Those, yeah, those are the, all the rage in the '90s, man. All the extreme sports, but those kind of went away. But uh, oh, you know, what? I'll, I'll give him this. If you want some arcade action, uh, basketball or whatever, uh, Arch Rivals. I want that to come back. Arch Rivals, man. That you, that is that is a deep cut from back in the day. Do you remember what it is? Oh yeah, totally. I, I saw that back in the arcade. I never played it because I'm not a basketball fan. Well, basically, that what was it a two is, on two, is, wasn't it? You can, yeah, no, it was two or three or four on. Two, I think maybe it was three on three, but it was uh, you could punch people and like pull yeah. their pants down and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd trip, and then you'd laugh at them and dunk on them. It was Makes great. any basketball game better, just like in real life. Just like in real life. Uh, Zolbrod says, I've always wanted a JRPG where battles are Street Fighter style, one-on-one, or maybe Marvel versus Capcom style, three-on-three. You'd learn new skills as you level up and get to customize your super combos, add different elements to moves, and so forth. It would be like world tour mode in Street Fighter Alpha 3, but with dungeons and exploration. Whoa. Yeah, you need to get a license for that. Someone you'd have to. <laughs> the license would be really expensive. Yeah, I dig that idea though because 
you know, there hasn't really been a lot of games. I mean, maybe you know of something, Carlos, that I don't know of, but they haven't really... You know, when you get a JRPG with a turn-based system, it's always like cast fire, heal, defend, or whatever, but you don't really do, like, fighting moves. I wonder, like, how intricate you could go with that, like, whether you could do, like, a counter, you know, sweep, and, like, have different elements to, you know, like he's saying here, one-on-one or three-on-three. There might be something to that. This is kind of a cool idea. Yeah, you mean, like, it's like you're changing up your moveset to a lot more things um, in that style of a game. I like the concept of taking something that is traditionally real-time and, in fact, very fast Twitch-based action and turning it into a menu turn-based thing. I've always been kind of fascinated when people do that. I think that might be a very interesting uh, thing to explore. So yeah. any developers listening, take Zolbrod's idea and run with it. Sounds cool. By the way, we got a lot of responses to our questions when we do questions. We should probably do them every week. We should probably do them. I have I have one coming up that I actually would like to suggest to you in a second. But we have one final comment okay. before we get there. This comes from Game Critics OG alumni and chief engineer Richard Nyack. He says, I want a Boba Fett slash Mandalorian game made by the uh, Witcher people. Gimme space Geralt. Done. 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 That's a gold idea. Okay, Richard. mailman, the mailman, idea. and that one are my favorite of those of all. Of I oh. mean, dude, yeah, get CD Projekt Red to make a Mandalorian oh. game, like flying around fucking Star Wars and doing shit, side quests and all that. And guess who shows up? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, that would be amazing. I would love that. And I, Richard, you, gold, gold, gold idea. idea. And also, if anyone has not seen Mandalorian yet, please watch it. It's really good. It's really good. Okay, so those were all the responses. Thank you very much for everybody chipping in, folks. Uh, and and since people seem to like doing the Q&A so much, I think we should continue. I agree with you 100%, Carlos. I have, if you don't mind, I have a topic that I would like to float to people this week. Please. Uh, one question that I would like to ask you folks, dear listeners, and please send us your responses. What game or games have you started many times and never ever finished has there been a game that you've you feel like you want to finish it you feel like you want to roll credits you like it a lot you come back to it a couple times but you never fucking get there what game has you started many many times and never finished i would love to hear about it i have an answer for you i just thought of save it for next week right oh, again we will talk about it we i was will all talk excited about it. to say it out loud save it save it we'll talk about it next all week right, i we do have an answer to that question okay good i got one too but we'll get there. So, folks, let us know. I'm going to tweet this also. We'll tweet it afterwards. Um, we're almost at the end of the show, but before we wrap, we got to come back to another one of Carlos's trademark segments, Carlos's Eye on Game Field, where we talk about things coming up. There's a sound that no one knows. No. Random beeping sound. The kids are like, why is he doing Morse code? You don't know what it is unless you're like 60. Carlos, what has got your attention this week in Game Field? Well, being 60 to start. <laughs> Um, it hurts. It hurts everywhere. It kids, hurts everywhere. Kids, uh, I won't say don't get old, but uh, just be aware when you do. You wake up, and sometimes you're like, oh, now my knee hurts for some reason. Uh, I haven't you wear done yourself it. out just being on the couch. No, sometimes you can just literally, this is tangent now, you can like lay the wrong way. When you get old enough, oh, absolutely. you lay the wrong And you wake absolutely. up, and you're like, oh, interesting. My leg's just going to hurt now. Yep. yep. Okay. Fucking life. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, Mosaic. I'm looking at Mosaic. Uh, yeah. It is on my PS4. I'm about to download it probably tonight. Um, it's I think it's a shorter game. It is a really beautiful art style, not pixel. You know, it's its own art style, dark shade. Think Limbo. Okay, think Limbo. Uh, it seems like an adventure game. You're going through this weird like totalitarian. I can never say that. <laughs> totalitarian. Say it for me. Totalitarian. That state. Where everything's kind of you know the same, 
uh, it just, you know, you drone on, you do the same thing every day, you go to the same job. It doesn't seem like anybody can like be different, right? And the idea is that he's going to encounter something that's going to change his life and make him see outside of this drony kind of world. It looks is beautiful. It, is it vaping? It's not vaping. Okay, good. Because I was going to say. It's called, that's illegal, right? No, it's illegal, but you shouldn't do it. Kids don't, don't vape. Do it. Don't do it. Not the vanilla, especially. That's the one that kills people. Don't do any of it. Mosaic, check out that game. Here's another thing. Speed dating for ghosts. It's oh, on, I just saw this. I just saw this. Yes. It's on Switch. It's a dating sim with monsters and ghosts. And it's an interactive game, which is all I'm about now. Interactive fiction. Um, I think there's multiple endings or multiple outcomes. Their art style is really great and simple. Uh, I will probably play that. Check that out. I a just saw that last night, dude. If I if my plate wasn't full, I would have downloaded that immediately because dating with speed dating with ghosts. What else do you need to know? What, what that else title sells at all? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then this is I just saw an opening movie that is almost nothing. It just looks like a lot of colors and stuff. But the theme of what it is, it's a game called Haven, and it's an RP, RPG adventure about love and freedom. Well, okay. Those are two of my favorite things. Yeah, and that's the line. And then the, the actual trailer, if you look it up, uh, Haven RPG, just look that up. It doesn't really show anything, really no gameplay or anything. But that line caught my attention for Carlos's eye in games, games field. RPG adventure about love and freedom. Sign me up. It's a good start. It's a good start. And last thing is Switch Up YouTube channel. Uh, he sometimes puts up Switch sales. So if you want a quick, quick uh, compilation of what's on sale, check out this channel, YouTube channel, Switch Up. And oh, that's, nice. Yeah, I found out a bunch of sales just from him doing that. So thanks for doing that, buddy. And the Switch has banana sales. You're, you are, oh, you'd yeah. be well, in, well informed to keep up on those things. It's well worth your time to stay, stay in the loop on those sales. And that is Eye on Game Sale. Do -do 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 -do. Excellent, excellent. And that also brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening, folks. Carlos and I will be back next week. With another episode. In the meantime, as always, we love your questions or comments. Or if you have a suggestion for our question of the week, please reach out. So video games podcast at gmail.com. You can always post comments for us at gamecritics.com once the show goes up there. And we are on Twitter collectively at So Video Games, but you can also reach us individually. Carlos, what are you pimping this week? Uh, just go back and check out my game, Hero and Cat, H-I-R-O and C-A-T-T on Itch.io. Or just Google it and it actually comes up now in Google. So all Wonderful. you have to do is Google Hero and Cat. Please play my game. I think uh, you might like it. Go check out Carlos's game. And it's free, correct? It is free. It's a browser-based game. And uh, new episodes are being written as we speak. Literally right now. Yep. Uh, as for me, I do not have a game up on Itch.io. Maybe later. Not right now. But you can find me on Twitter or Instagram. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is it for us. Thank you so much for listening to the Soviet Games podcast. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. In the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. Because I know how to do it now. That's how you, you want me to do it this whole time. Right. Right. right.